0: Welcome back to the Marty Party, everyone. Where every week we feature amazing guests from real estate, but talk about a lot of stuff not related to real estate and everything in between. So this week we've got a good friend of ours, Matt Monteverde. Good Welcome. to be here, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely, for me. appreciate it. Matt's been a good, good, good friend of ours. Um, we've been operating uh, with business together, working a lot of clients. I mean, for the last like four or five years, um, really since you like started in new home yep. sales, literally. Sure. So, it's been amazing, um, and we love to hear it. So, we'll get into it that, but before we do, you know, take us back. Tell us about, you know, where are you from? How'd you get your start?
1: Man, um, so I'm, I guess I'm originally from Flagstaff, Arizona. Have- I was police officer out there, retired in April of 2017, moved okay. here. And then it just, that's how we met. Yes. Yeah, essentially, so from everything that transpired from that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you, uh, as far as like, okay, so when you got into new home sales and you started in new home sales, you came straight from police, like you were literally did, police man, right I before. I did not
1: pass go or collect two hundred dollars. I went right from that to.
0: <laughs> okay, houses. give us a, a backstory. Like, how did that happen? It was an accident. It was an accident. Was, it was
1: truly an accident. So, I mean, I retired, and I suspected I would be doing something in the law enforcement field. Yep. I mean, I had fifteen independent instructor certifications. That's cool. I probably put out, gosh, I don't know, twenty five different applications to from being a. Chief of police, all the way down to being a security guard at USAA, and, and just a strange twist of fate. No one would pick me up. That's crazy. So you,
0: you were like the most qualified person that couldn't get a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how did we, Okay. So we go from not being able to get a job for something we're overqualified for, but how do we end up in new home sales? So um had
1: a buddy that was a realtor at the time, and he said, man, why don't you you take a crack at new home sales, like, you can do pretty good, yep. you know, it's, there's a lot of families that help, and, and it's, it's a growing area, so give it a shot. You've got the gift of gab type things, you can yep. talk to anybody, really, and, um, so then I started with Armadillo Homes, and it was just an, a really, truly an accident. I just went in there and sat down with old John Olivares. Yes, I remember John. Sat there with John, um, kind of discussed what. Like, like how it all works, really, and about the company and everything like that. So that's crazy. Yeah, he put in put in a word for me, and I met with Victor Mendoza,
0: and and then you got going. That's it. That's incredible. Well, well all of those people are good dudes. Rest in peace, yeah, yeah. Uh, John. But the uh, Victor, obviously one of my good friends as well. So going into that, were you? I know that you happened to start selling homes in the neighborhood that you lived in. Did you live there before you got the job?
1: Um. No. So when we first moved here, we just rented a home for six months. Because okay. at that time, you know, it's, it's a feel-out process. Where right. do you want to be? How much do you want to spend? Um, but then ultimately, when we found the home, we bought it through Armadillo. And that's how I ended up in Preston, Estates. So. Got
0: it in Preston with that. that was, that's incredible. And going back to your, uh, going back to, you know, kind of the, I guess, the job process of, like, being in new home sales, coming from law enforcement into, you know, new home construction. Right. What skill set? Was there any overlap of skill set? or No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no um so I, I guess the thing is this is is when I submitted my resume to Victor I said Victor this is it's gonna be like no other resume you've seen like absolutely nothing to do with right. home sales it really just came down to um I think life experience at that point and truly for my career as a police officer it's you're, you're honestly trying to sell people in many instances out of their freedom right you know so you're 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 going behind the wall, right? And it's going to, you're going to be going one way or the other. Yeah. So at that point, it's a matter of, of de-escalating situations in order to, to, to affect a, a more positive outcome, but there's still a sales element to that.
0: That's, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's Super crazy, but now I have to like, give it, okay. I'm gonna put two. I'm gonna put two and two together. So, uh, where were you born? Where did you? Santa Clara, California. Cal- okay, so California. So you grew up in Cali most of your life.
1: No, we moved there. We moved to Flagstaff when I was three.
0: Okay, so you were in Flagstaff. I My mean, like life. your whole life. Yep. Like legit, yep. your whole life. And, how, and then how did you end up here? You know, randomly a couple years ago.
1: So. um in 2008, I had been working in Arizona with a very good friend of mine named Todd Buckley. Okay. If you don't know Todd Buckley, you probably you probably know Todd Buckley. So, Todd moved out here in 2008 after he left um, the agency I worked for. Yes. He got hired on at New Braunfels PD. And so, he always chirped and, and, and talked about it and talked about how great it was and how the right. market is. And just, it's a great place to raise a family. And we have young kids, you know. So, um, when retirement was coming up, he said, well, you why don't you just come out and visit? See what you think. So... We came out here, and the rest is pretty much
0: history. Okay, it so no family, mm-hmm. like one friend, literally.
1: Yeah, a couple at that. Point. Yeah, a couple, at that, a couple at
0: that point. Yeah, no family, and just decided to move to New yep. Braunfels. That's, <laughs> That's cool. That's really, really <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. So uh, break uh, with New Braunfels, right? We know it's a unique town. It's a great place to live. Uh, we got a lot of great restaurants down here. One of the ones Ooh. that we eat at a lot. Uh, is muck and fuss. Muck and fuss. So tell us, tell us why your name's on the menu at Muck and Fuss. <laughs> oh we need to understand Lord. this. Here we
1: go. So, um, I'm a I'm a huge proponent of having fun. I think you know. Yes, that for absolutely. Sure. So, uh, muck and fuss. I had a buddy that was in town uh, from Sacramento, okay. and um, I met him back in 2012. We decided to go to Muck and Fuss because I'd already fallen in love with it. But when we went there, they had the spicy, juicy Lucy. <laughs> As their weekly special, right? Those, yeah, other those a little table specials. tents. Yes. So I asked the bartender. I said, "Hey, is this thing any good?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, it's pretty, it's pretty good." So we ordered it, and it was immediate. It's like this is probably the best burger I've ever eaten in my entire life from all over the world. So from there, it just kind of manifested into me being me.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, you, you, yes. Kind
1: of where I where I hit you with things, you know. Yes. Just being silly, and. So every time they would post something on a social media platform, I would, I'd piggyback on it, and say, "Oh man, this this beer flight would wash down a spicy juicy Lucy, awful nice." And um, then it just then I started creating hashtags like "Spicy Juicy Lucy" for all mankind, like "Bring back the spicy juicy Lucy," all this fun stuff. And I just I was just routine about it, and it wasn't t- to be anything, it was just being silly, quite frankly. And Then I started getting responses, and then they reached out to me, like, "Hey." You know, we appreciate what you're doing. It's actually it's helpful, of course. Right. It's, it's comical. Um, and they said, so when you're on we want to bring it back for a weekly special. What they didn't know is I had already gone in the process of having a T-shirt made <laughs> <laughs> where it had the, a picture of the burger on it. It said, muck and fuss, bring back the spicy, juicy, Lucy." I had a flag on the back. It said, for all mankind, all this fun stuff. So it just happened to coincide with my wedding anniversary. So we all went there um, while they're doing it. And I brought the shirt and I gave it to Joe, uh, the manager there, just being, you know, having a good time. Yeah. And so that whole week they had it as the special. Uh, they called me. They're like, hey, you know, we had, well, I should say instant message me. And they said, uh, we had such success with it. Like we want to, we're going to, we're going to bring it back as a regular menu item. And we want to know if we can put your name on the menu. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. That's <laughs> so just cool. being silly. So, yes. Um, so that's really how it came about. Um, the name of it. It, you know, they didn't want to make it you know, like a Matt or Monteverdi burger. It was yeah. just the spicy, juicy, Lucy, And then they did like an internal competition to see who would name it or who would put the plug into it. And so they picked the top three internally. And then I got to pick the winner of how it would go on the menu. And just, you know, coming from law enforcement, it made sense that it would be backed by me.
0: So oh. that's
1: how it was. And then it, COVID happened. And
0: all that's that So is it is it still called that? It's it's uh, approved by me. Got which it. It's still fine. I still approve it. Yeah, so. that's a, that's it's incredible. That's a cool story. So, <laughs> Vuck and Fuss local restaurant. Please check them out. They're right down the street yes. from our office, but Delicious. they are incredible burgers, <sighs> beer, sides. Hey,
1: you would, you eat anything if Vuck and Fuss made it. They make
0: those little balls with the cheese. The jalapeno yes, those things are those They're things are control, another level. Dude. They're, They're out of control. Bunk and fuss is incredible. Okay, so I want to obviously talk a little bit before we go into real estate, just about your Flagstaff career, yeah. uh, law enforcement. So I know you, were, you briefly served in the Navy, and is that how your Navy career is what got you into law enforcement? Coming out, it, it was
1: much the same thing. I would, I don't want to call that one more like an accident, as it did kind of getting into the new home sales. It was, and it really wasn't even calculated. It just that's what I knew at the time. Um, in the Navy, I was on, um, a visit board search and seizure team. So it's like kind of somewhat tactical operations and health and comfort inspections on deployment and things like that. So I did that and the only real true correlation to it would have been law enforcement. Okay. So, and I had not planned on getting out of the Navy, but, um, with my son on the way and scheduled for another deployment, I didn't want to go through that. Got it. So, and I wanted to come home and it couldn't be guaranteed. So I got out and the only logical thing then was, was law enforcement. So okay. it just so happened that my high school baseball coach was the detective sergeant, and I got picked up, and four months out of the Navy, I was in law enforcement in the police academy.
0: That's incredible. So A to B, right, like legit one to two, and so you, you go through police academy, like you said, and you start. Um, what are you doing in early years? Is law enforcement early years the same across the country? Pretty much.
1: Pretty much. It's I mean, unless you go to, like, those really small Agencies, we we're talking like five, six, seven people that work out of those. When you have larger scale agencies, when you're talking maybe 110 plus sworn, you're going to start in a patrol capacity for sure. Got it. That's okay,
0: and so patrol is you, you, that's your people that are speed ticketing people, right? Got it. Okay. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So you know, in that, just in general, right? Maybe not necessarily like experiences that you've had, but in general, when you are doing patrols. Are those the people that typically get into like some of the crazy situations that you see? Because you're stopping a car for speeding, but then it turns into something way worse. So Very patrol, so. so patrol is the tough it's, one. It's the
1: meat. It's the meat and potatoes. You know, I mean, it's. I think all too frequently people will, you know, they think of of, of the patrol that they do nothing but go out there and they pull over cars and write tickets and look for people with seatbelts. No, these are the, these are their first responders for a reason. Like it's the it's the meat and potatoes. So you got to think that. Everything that can happen off of what well, could be a simple traffic stop. I mean, you might see someone with a broken taillight and you catch a homicide suspect. That's scary. I'm saying that for a very specific reason.
0: Yes, because that happened. That's happened.
1: So a lot of that stuff, I don't, I don't think people realize like how important and critical it is to public safety to have that. I mean, they're the ones when you get in car accidents that are going to show up. You're not waiting for a SWAT team to show
0: up. Right. That makes a lot of sense because they're the people that are out there in the field. And so that's good. That that's actually really, really good. Cause I, I know that especially here in New Braunfels, we've got the traffic page, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone complains about Everyone complains. everybody complains, yeah. but you know, without these guys doing their job and putting 100%. themselves out there, hundred percent We yeah, would not be That's
1: it. And and you know, I I bring a lot of time. I mean, you gotta understand it's not fun getting traffic tickets. Yeah. I still get them. <laughs> it is what it is. But at the end of the day, um, I think one of the greatest quotes I ever heard um, was from a friend of mine in Arizona. His dad, actually, he said, when, when people are in their most dire needs, they call on three people. They call on God, they call on mom, and they call for a cop. And, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of merit to that. Because yep. if someone's breaking into your house, are you going to call... Ghostbusters, you know, or whoever it may be, you're not going to call them. You're going to call a first responder and like it or not, no matter what your background, who you are, where you come from, what color are, what you believe in, none of that stuff. That officer is going to do everything in their power
0: to make you safe, That's even at their own expense. That's incredible. And people don't, I know for a fact people don't think about it that way at all. all. People don't think about it. Out here, we've got a pretty good department. I know that, I know that they've got a a great leadership there. Um, one of my good friends, Victor, um, he's a detective over there. Mm -hmm. Um, Victor Mendoza, uh, not Victor Mendoza, I'm sorry. Victor, uh, Rocha, Victor Rocha, a good friend of mine. Okay. Yep, good friend of mine. He's a, uh, uh, detective out there, and so I and I've sold a couple homes to people on the force, and I know that there's a good mm-hmm. sense of community there, a really Big good type. culture, Big and guy. overall we've got a healthy, good department. We've
1: got an exceptional department. I I mean I am blessed to see it routinely. My dad happens to be the chaplain for New Braunfels, really, feeding, so that's pretty cool. So it's kind of fun because my my dad wants to sit down with me and talk the stories and things like that, and it's 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 fun. It's his way to kind of you know connect with me in our adult life is sharing those kind of stories, and it it just makes fun conversations, but absolutely. we truly do. I don't. I don't think people realize, as a, as a whole in a law enforcement community, um, how good we've got it here. Yeah, absolutely. This is an incredible agency. Yep. They're good people and they're ethical and they work hard and they try hard and they want better for the community. And when you have that, you have a lot of successes. And absolutely. Truly, and truly, the ones that are that are that are complaining about it and griping about things that that made oh, I was you know this this officer did that or oh, I can't stand that one. You you do see that. Those are the ones that are the problems,
0: right? Those That's the l- difference. So yeah, that makes sense. And
1: and, and you guys think of it too as like the misery, love company, right? <laughs> so yeah, you get one, and sense. then I got pulled over and I got a ticket. Well, slow so we'll down.
0: Yeah, like legitimately, you're speeding, you're breaking laws. Yeah. Now I have nothing but good things to say about MVPD. MB- yeah. uh, so shout out to y'all. Um, what y'all are doing is super incredible, and we yeah. love you all. Big on time. a high level. So your dad, you just mentioned him. Is he still out he's still out in Preston? He is, yeah. hes still, still there. Still so here. that's cool. Did he did he move here to be with y'all? Yes. So he was in Flagstaff we've, as well. He was. We've got we've got the babies. That's incredible. <laughs> so he so you dragged him out here. You dragged him out here. And how's that been? I mean, having your you know, your parents still with you, like in your adult life, has it been helpful?
1: I don't think there is anything that can replace that. Oh, that's um I mean. it's it's my parents. Just as I mean, you, you can't say enough about having been blessed and raised with exceptional parents that um, want the best for you in life, that consistently um, pray for you in life, cool. that want to make sure you're doing good, that make sure you're healthy. I mean, it, it's nothing. Bless my mom's heart, I love her to death. You know, if I'm going into to. to buy a gallon of milk, just be safe, just be careful. And I get that I probably caused and incited a lot of that, (laughs) you know, but, um, and then just having them here and allowing my children to be around them and grow up with, you know, me and pop. And and it's, you know, same thing. My mother-in-law's here too. Um, It's just, it's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing. nothing
0: There's nothing like it. New Buffalo's promotes a lot of that. I think a lot of a lot of just multi generational people here. Uh, My mom's around. uh, She takes care of my kids. You know, and helps raise them as well. So it is. It's something that I think that a lot of areas, especially these big metro areas, New York City, Chicago, right, Miami, they've gotten away from some of that. Yes. Right. The multi generational kind of living. It's a rat race. Right. Everything's very fast, right? Too high-paced. Yeah, too you gotta high-paced. slow down. Got to slow down, which we were slow. We're kind of still slow. <laughs> we're it's kinda, cranking. It it's is, moving. It is cranking. But that's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, and I think that just in the last couple of years as well, like, there's been so much change to our area. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So much. when I started, when yes. I got here. So. When you were selling back in Preston, mm-hmm. that road was two lanes. Yep. Yeah, that road was two lanes. There was Legend Point. There was nothing else out there, right? <laughs> I think they're finally developing. You know, it went it went Preston, and then it was Ridgemont, and then it was nothing. I think they're finally putting something in the I've nothing. Seen,
1: yep, I've seen that sign out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's growing. It's crazy it's that growing. it's growing, and there's a gas station out there now. There's a gas station. <laughs> there's it's a gas nice station too, isn't it? Now that we don't live there, yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah, now that we don't live, there. big shout out to them. So okay, so in general, you and your wife, Jocelyn, another wonderful person. If you all ever get the chance to meet her, besides muck and fuss, what else are you all doing for entertainment?
1: Oh boy. Kids. Kids. Yeah, kids. Uh, life revolves around the kids at this point. You know, I've, I gave up, well, I, I put my family through and I yep. fully accept that. I, you know, I put your family through quite a bit for right. a, a, a very challenging career. My objective changed when we got here and that my wanted my specific focus to be on family. Right. I've given enough to the community. Um, well, I felt like i given enough to my community. And so now it was really time to focus on the family. So, really, truly, it's about, um, the family life for us at this point, you know, what can we do with our kids next? What adventures can we bring them on? And you know, being in this industry, um, and and also being such a fast growing area, you know, we're very blessed to have that opportunity to do that and take our kids on adventures and explore and, and just have a lot of good times. So, so that's really what it
0: is—family fam- time. Right yeah. now is, so. is all the time. Is there like a favorite spot like that they can like get you? They can like kind of be like, "All right, Dad, we want to go." Yep, which, sure is. Which is what muck and fuss muck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So your goal is to just acquire the restaurant <laughs> at some point? Cool. That's the, that's the oh end result. Muck and fuss. Yeah. If Matt wants to buy you or or we want to buy. Come on, Terry. All, all you, man. That's really cool. <laughs> so, okay, um, speaking of muck and fuss, right? So if you were legitimately, if you were to get out of new home sales and you would do something else, right, and you were still working and not retired, mm-hmm. and you were looking to potentially get into a type of business, like what, what would it be? Would it be a restaurant? No, no,
1: I have no idea.
0: You have no idea. So what
1: a, what a great question. I truly don't know. Um, you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of firearms. Okay.
0: That's a big thing. Yes. Do you, do you own any, let me ask this. I know the answer to this question. Do you own any firearms? No. <laughs> Absolutely. So potentially you could be a gun dealer, right? <laughs>
1: I do have my federal firearms license. Okay. So yes. So technically, you- I, I
0: technically I am,
1: um, but uh, it's it's more of a hobby at right. this point. I mean, I everyone wants something neat and nifty and wants something built, right? I mean, I was an armor. I, well, I am an armor, so technically a certified armor. So, um, I just not do it for friends. You know, yeah. I got my my federal firearms license for transfers and things like that, and to do to you know follow all legal avenues in order to accept guns from out of state to work on them and things like that. But I just. Make guns pretty.
0: So, like, legitimately, you could disassemble a firearm, put it back yes. together? Yes. That's cool. It's fun, dude. Is it? Oh, yeah. I've never, ever uh, even... we'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you're never... going to want me to build you one. So you're... Okay, so I want to understand this process. What is it like to build a, a gun from it's a fun. scratch or from... Yes, it's fun, it's but what, a is lot it, of fun. what is it like?
1: It depends what you're building. I mean, I, I think the predominant build I have right now, um, it's probably going to be like your, your AR-15 style... Weapon. I mean, um, it's just fun. They're pretty. They're the capacity is awesome. And I only work with law abiding citizens. So that helps. Right. Absolutely. Um, so really, it just comes down to. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what makes it fun. What makes it
0: fun? Well, I got a practical question just for my brain to understand. You know, how many pieces are we talking about? Is it pretty much like the barrels, like one piece?
1: Right. So, oh, boy, I could tell you exactly how many pieces if you gave me the time. But since we're limited, we won't go that route. I would say at least probably 40, 50 different components.
0: That are put into – and so when you're yeah. when you're – when you're starting a build for somebody, right, one of your friends comes to law buying citizen, right, does everything they need to for, and they ask you for a custom mm-hmm. AR-15. So are you starting with a kit? Is it kind of bit by bit?
1: Usually they'll bring them to me. Got it. Because I, I want them to, you know, it's it's, it's your toy. Right. It's your, you know, you're going to do what you want with it. So just bring me what you want, and I'll put it together. And if you need help or guidance, I still offer that too.
0: That's incredible. That's just fun. And so with guns, you know, obviously they're safe if handled correctly but is it something where you can have, like, defective components? Like, are there defective guns? Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: They're seldom now, I think, just with technology being the way it is. You're not going to see too many issues in terms of... Um, like a build quality, yeah. Thing, things like that, yeah. These, everything's pretty good.
0: Everything's got it. pretty good. So, like, because the question that I'm asking, or I guess a question that I have for you know, you got all these people that are anti-gun, right? And a lot of it's just, like, see what guns do with all these crazy situations, yeah. right? Guns aren't just going to go off and, like, fire <laughs> bullets in stray directions, right? Like, that's all user no. error. <laughs> it's, it's all user error. Got it.
1: I mean, it's following the the, the rules of firearm safety. If you, if you can manage those and you adhere to them you're not going to have an accident right the guns are not going to fire themselves i mean at, at the end of the day it's it's who's behind it absolutely what their motives are and i mean it's right the nature of the beast
0: well for sure and i think that there's a difference between those things which are completely separate there are lots of people talk about those we're not talking about those things but in like the practical like hey i'm going hunting or mm-hmm. you know i'm just going to the range you're not going to have a gun explode in your hand or you know anything crazy
1: yeah oh no no, no, no. It's going to take some type of ballistic effect in order for it to go off in your hand type things like that. Like so, And in, in 90% of the time, too, like when you have those types of malfunctions, it's mostly an ammunition issue. Like someone's doing, like they reload ammo sometimes and they put maybe what we call too hot of a load. Like where it's just too, it comes out, like the projectile comes out at too much velocity where um, the gas pressure inside the chamber can cause that explosion at lateral. And
0: so when you say reload ammo, like, are they legitimately like rebuilding? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you take your brass casings and you, you you clean them all up and you put new primers in there, new bullets and trajectory. I'm sorry. And, and the, um, gunpowder and all that fun stuff. And I don't do that. Yeah. I don't, it's, I just don't have the time.
0: Right. <laughs> so, that, whoever's got that yeah. time. You've got a lot of time, a lot to, of time. And people do that. I mean, Obviously, it's a cost probably saving measure, right?
1: It's there's a lot of cost savings to that, and at the end of the day, it truly doesn't take enough time. I'm probably just being lazy about it,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. Either the build a gun and the ammo, absolutely. Okay, so if you were to, uh, is there a, like a dream? Is there a dream firearm or, or something that is on your wish list that you don't have?
1: I just saw one the other day. Well, it's on Instagram, I'll have to send it to you. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. Um, I, I I feel pretty content that all the guns I lost in that tragic underwater basket weaving competition yes. that I don't have anymore. Um you know I I I I, I definitely had <laughs> A favorite gun, I owned it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's now no longer owned. Yeah, it's gone. I don't know where it went. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's that's cool. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. You know, all these kids are into Pokemon cards and all this oh, crazy stuff. So Lord. I wasn't I wasn't sure. You know, it was gun collecting like that, where you're like, yeah, I've got this one, and then I have this one, and this is a, the limited edition 2023 version. You know, yeah. variant.
1: I've got. I mean, I've 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 got some pretty some pretty cool ones for sure. Some that have awesome stories. Some that have not so awesome stories, but um, certainly stories nonetheless. And then they all have a purpose. They all have a function. They all
0: have a function. In what's it? In what they're done. Yeah. That's cool. So, are if are you one of those people where you could have like the Christmas calendar and, and just put all your firearms out and it's like it's like you and your eighty guns? What firearms? <laughs> no, the none that you the that oh. you none that you, <laughs> the none that you own. <laughs> So you're moderate. You're a moderate gun owner. I I put myself in the moderate. <laughs> category. All right, moderate so category. So yeah. he's not gonna have a Christmas calendar with like two hundred weapons. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Would I like one? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Absolutely. That's really really cool. That's something that I haven't I just ever gotten into so I yeah. was just curious kind some ins and outs. Mm. So if you ever did a business cuz we got off topic on that. If you ever did a business, maybe something firearm related. Probably something
1: related to that. I think it's just, you know, it's it's fun when you go to work, you know, and you're having fun. Are so you really working?
0: Yeah, are you really working? And that's really, really interesting. Yeah. What? Uh, last question on that, just for for me. They like do gun shows, you know, down the road every mm-hmm. now and then. Is that a good place for people that are wanting to get in, into owning one of their first guns? Is that where you should kind of start?
1: Um, that might be a little, a bit much, okay. if you will, because you're not you're not having the opportunity. I mean, with with that kind of influx of people coming in there to try to want to learn or even just look at it, you really don't have. Uh, there's not a, a the whole lot of educational things that can be done right there. I can't sit across from you and explain to you everything because there's so many people. So I guess I would encourage you to probably go to a um, like a local gun shop. So like I go to EDC Texas. It's right next to City Hall. Um, Tunis Lopez is in there and he owns it and he's very knowledgeable. And when you can get into that more intimate environment to find out what is, it it's kind of like a home sale type thing. Is you got to find out what the need is and how it's going to be met. I mean, because at the end of the day. You may not have um, someone who is quite as strong that might need a different firearm in lieu of someone who is stronger. And then you have to take into consideration size, physical capabilities and things of that nature.
0: Well, so it's really that detailed. It can be.
1: It can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: that's incredible. So with that being said, flipping right into new home sales from that regards, like you said, kind of diagnosing, you know, the need and the want, and, and, you know, giving a solution for the problem. Right. It sounds like it's a lot along the same lines of real estate. Right.
1: 100 percent. And, you know, you'd asked me earlier, too, like, what is the, you know, how does it translate from law enforcement into new home sales? And it just made me think of something, too. Um, One of the big things that I always would say to my superiors, and actually when I went into initial interviews, is explaining this correlation that when people call law enforcement, they're calling because there's a specific problem that needs to be rectified. Whether it be I need you to find who just broke into my car okay, or my neighbor won't stop their dog from barking or there's always the ever so favorite ones of I'm really scared because a squirrel just ran across the front of my yard. Yes. That never happened.
0: That that never happened.
1: um, So that's what they're going to call. They're going to call law enforcement. Now, when someone walks into my model home, it's much the same thing. They're approaching it because if they didn't have some kind of a problem related to their home they wouldn't be coming in. Right. So they're looking for that solution. So it's my objective then is to provide them with every ounce of information for them to make an educated decision, but also to be the solution to that problem by finding them what they need.
0: Because there's no, nobody's just looking for a home. No. When they come in, there's a there's want. Motive. There's motive. a There's motive, absolutely. And that doesn't mean that the motive is, is gonna oh, be your community. Gosh, no.
1: no, it could be it could be anything. And it's and I tell people, I'm open and transparent with them that, hey, look, if this is not meeting your needs, then you're in the wrong spot. Plain yeah, and simple.
0: Plain and simple. And then it's our job to help them find the right spot, right? That's it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The right
0: community things like that. Mm-hmm. So you've gone, in the time that I've known you, and yes, the market has changed, but you've gone from what I would consider one price bracket to another. You were borderline entry level, but potentially maybe second home mm-hmm. status. And now, of course, you're kind of going on to your third, fourth home, your true move up. Are the problems that, you know, the, the, the obstacles, the the opportunities that people are looking to solve the same between the price brackets or the different scenarios? No,
1: I mean, I, I think it, it, it really... They're pretty much the same. I mean, at the end of the day, they're coming there because of they have a specific problem, whether it be to, I want a more beautiful home. I want something that's not my entry-level home. Or it could be, hey, I have too big of a home. I, right. still, I, I still get a lot of, hey, we're downsizing type things like that. Um, so I don't really think that there's much of a difference between the two um, at the price bracket that I'm, I'm working at now. It's just the, the job is really the same.
0: The job is the same. So for Perry, uh, Matt's at Perry Homes, if you don't know, they're a huge Houston builder. They're in Austin and San Antonio as well. Are they in Dallas?
1: Dallas, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So all over
0: Texas. All over Texas. A privately owned builder. Uh, nice. Great, great, great company. And what's interesting about this, where I'm going with this, is that shrinkflation, right? You know what that is? <laughs> Everybody jokes about this. Things have gotten smaller, right? Prices have gotten higher, but it's a reality. It's not even a it joke. Really is. It, it is a reality. And if you go to a lot of builders, including the builder you used to work for, they now are selling plans basically 1,500 to 2,600. Like, they've shrunk to this range, right? Like, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, so don't don't get after me, View, but I don't believe that Horizon View Homes, like, legitimately sells a plan right now that's over 3,000 square feet. I don't think you can buy one. And Perry has not done that. Perry has kept their full collection of homes all the way up to, I think you guys have a 4,000 square foot. We do. You know, yep. So there's great. there's
1: over seventy floor plans that we build in my community right now. It's crazy. They start from about seventeen hundred square
0: feet, and you can easily hit four thousand. And that that's mind not mind blowing to me. So with that, you know, with that being said, just off the top of your head, do you sell a lot of the plans? Like, are people kind of buying the same ones, or do you actually use some of these other ones?
1: I think it really kind of goes back to the need. I mean, it's good to have a variety. Um, the challenge with it is knowing every one of those plans. Like right. so when someone says to me, Hey,
0: I need this, 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 this. You have this. to think about plan number 64 that has. Right. The... And that's
1: it. I, I think where we have kind of pulled away from that is the ability for folks to kind of do their own research either before or after they speak to me because our website, um, you know, I think you, you see a lot of them out there that offer a certain amount of, of information, I just, I truly believe that ours exceed the norm in that not only do we have information about specific communities and plans that are offered in there, but you also have interactive plans where you can put in those structural features and kind of get a rudimentary idea of what your house is going to look like. You also have the opportunity to put in furniture in that house. So kind of painting that vision is a good thing in addition to the virtual tours and then previously closed homes of that floor plan that we have archived, those are all accessible. And and, in this time, it gets, it's tough to paint the picture. We may not have a floor plan that is on its way up or a model home that, that is that specific plan to that buyer. So we've just excelled in the, in the sense of that we can still show you what the home's going to look like without actually being
0: in it. That makes a lot of sense. So you guys, These homes have all been built. Perry offers all these plans, and you guys have done a really good job to archive the footage, the photos, the virtual tours, just just for people to see and kind of get a sense of what it is. Right. So is there – and this is a hard question, but just off the top of your head, like is there a plan that people buy the most of? Like is there a popular floor plan of that many –
1: I do know that our 2504 plan, because we don't give them any fancy names. Like we're not going to give it like a flugel binder or a shoelace or a cartwheel. We're going to give it the square footage. I think it, it's, it, when you have folks that are out there looking for the new homes, it, it's, there's a challenge with right. remembering. The, oh, what, how, what floor plan was that one? Oh, that was the, that was the Anaconda floor plan. Oh, no, it was the, no, it was the. It was the large rat floor. <laughs> you know, they kind of got remember those things. They don't right. they don't exactly know what it is. So when we just give them their square footage, it simplifies it for them. Oh, I remember. That was a 2504 plan because that's the square footage. So um, You sell a lot of that one. I, I th- we, we sell a lot of that one. Um, in my community specific, we sell a lot of our 1950 plan. Um, it's our one of our model homes, so that truly helps, I think, a lot of it. Um, and, and I think predominantly we're seeing most folks purchasing single-story homes. I'd say at least – quarters of what we're selling now is going to be single-story
0: homes that makes a lot of sense and i think that people have just wanted to kind of not have to go upstairs right and kind of have everything located on that on yep. that first yep. floor um it's tiring right it's <laughs> yes it is so your last time was a two, i haven't seen your new house your last time was a two-story is this new one a one story oh it's a one story
1: somehow i still managed a trip on three stairs
0: oh yes that's brutal so the reason i asked that question is i, I lived in a two-story home as well yeah and it's it's hard, right? Like, I never went upstairs. I never, ever went upstairs. It just... Yep. Bedtime pretty much only. That's it. And you just lived So it, Unless they're
1: asking for a glass of
0: water or something. No, absolutely. But mm-hmm. with that being said, for the home buyers out there, when you buy a two-story home, you are getting more bang for your buck, right?
1: Yeah, in, in some instances, I think around this area, because of our heat, as it gets a little toasty from time to time, is a lot of folks want the ability to put in a pool. And when you have those two-story homes, not only do they meet a lot of needs, but if you truly want a pool, in most developed areas, I think you'd agree that the two-story floor plans offer more shallow footprint, so it leaves you more yard to affect a pool.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Which is true. I mean, which is true because you're talking about a difference of anywhere from ten to twenty plus feet more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By Choosing a two story mm-hmm. plan because those one stories just go back so so much further. That's a good. That's a really good point. So building a two story, if you are wanting to build a pool or an outdoor recreation area, is a really good idea in order to get that additional square footage. Yeah. And with Perry, y'all have these signature triangle roofs. Do you know why that's a thing? Has anyone ever told you why that's a Aesthetics
1: thing? Aesthetics. It's beautiful. I mean, now they're starting to incorporate some of those mid century modern type floor plans. Um, some that kind of like, uh, and certainly a lot of contemporary floor plans now. Like just in the interest of that. I think it's just a staple, you know. It just adds kind of that grand feel to it from the appeal at the curb, right? Um, and, and certainly when you go inside, it's a whole different ballgame.
0: Oh, absolutely! Perry's one of the only builders in our area that I've seen. Uh, you guys do, gosh, I'm going to mess these, the name of this thing up. It's is it? Are they rotundas? Right? Like where they have like the rotundas? Those, yeah. Yes. It's it's the, the spiral it, staircase. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is which is neat. That's something you don't really yeah. see a lot you don't of. See a lot of it? No, you don't see a lot of it. But mm-hmm. y'all do that and catwalks. That's another thing that y'all have. is really cool. it, catwalk. That's <laughs> something that's just like random. That's it. But it but it is cool. Uh, a lot of windows as well. Perry has walls a lo- of them. walls of windows, Perry
1: Staples, those big old grand entryways, the walls of windows.
0: In, in Austin, mm-hmm. I know they do a lot of the uh, the sliding glass door. Yes. Do you guys have you been doing those? You know,
1: it's 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 hit and miss. I think a lot of people they see it and they really want it. And at the end of the day, I mean, I still have a fiduciary responsibility these folks to try and save them much money. So what I present it to them is I say, listen, you need to ask yourself about the function of this. What mm-hmm. is it for? Is it purely for aesthetics? Because we're also going to put in walls of windows. So are you saving your money there now however if you're big on entertaining and it doesn't matter how hot it is or if there's bugs and you open that thing up and you bring you know the outside in and the inside out by all means please do but at that point it's a matter of asking how important is it to you is it one of those one of those very critical factors into building your house or is it just something you just want to look at
0: right something you're just okay so with that being said Perry in my experience has been really good for people that, do want options. Mm-hmm. Y'all are still pretty flexible, even with the, the changes that have happened with building where builders went to specs only. Mm-hmm. Y'all are still allowing people these structural options, correct? We surely are. Mm-hmm. That's inc- what are some yep. popular ones that people do? Do you know?
1: You know... That's, it's kind of funny to say, because one thing that I appreciate about working for Perry is that there's not many options that you have to do. Got it. They've, they've truly thought of everything when it comes to like the actual floor plans as a whole and why we have so much variety is because you may be able to find a more affordable plan that has everything you need, but you're trying to add it to a plan that mm-hmm. is already there. Well, I mean, it's, it, it kind of comes down to, I mean, it, it's a strange analogy, but how it correlates to martial arts. Okay. Like they, you know, you think about, the right move at the wrong time is the wrong move. Well, it's the same thing with the housing. If you're chasing after a floor plan because it has specific things, but you want to add it, well, I may have the other floor plan. It already has everything.
0: And it's included in that base price right. without having... Th-
1: and then if it comes down to it and there's just there's something that can't be met from from your, a needs perspective, we have the flexibility to make alterations to the actual floor plan the house and the plans itself. And it actually make changes. That's great. It's, it's so, really nice.
0: So having that... Having that being said, for people that are out there, Perry right now is running. I'd say starting entry levels, you're probably very high fours anywhere across town, right?
1: I mean, we're under four in Mill Creek. Okay, we're starting at three seventy eight, so we're 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 doing good.
0: That's really good. Doing really good. See, so, and that that's really good for people watching. Mm-hmm. So you can get into Perry home high threes. That's it. High threes. Um, of course, there are communities that offer eight, nine hundred, you know, million dollar plans, vintage Oaks, yeah. a couple million dollar That's homes. Nice. So y'all are covering a wide gambit of people that are looking really are. for homes.
1: It's nice. There's something for everybody. There's
0: something for everybody. And uh, to specifically work with you for the people that are watching that say, oh, Matt's a cool dude. Y'all are able, you have that cross-selling capability, right? Where they can call you and you can help them in select neighborhoods. This is
1: true. Now, so it, I mean, everything is circumstantial. Um, but again, it's, it's Perry Homes as a whole, Um. You know, internally, because it's there's a lot of previous experience that comes there and, and, and there's a maturity in the industry, if you will, among one another that most of the time, like if we're working as a team, our objective there is to, to give someone a high-quality experience um, without sacrificing only the quality or um, the customer service element to it. So if what it takes is for me to call somebody in a different neighborhood because it's just not realistic for me to drive 45 minutes to an hour – um, I'll just call somebody that I know and say, hey, here's what I need you to do. Here's the needs, here's the wants, and go from there.
0: And now, absolutely, and make sure they're taken we, care of.
1: Yeah, now, can we?
0: Of course. It's just circumstantial, really. Absolutely. But you should, regardless, you'll put people where they need to go. That's so a, somebody's looking 100%. for something. There's no
1: there's no forcing somebody um, to make an unwise decision or trying to sell them out of what their need is. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so if, if someone says something to me that they need something specific. And while I may have a lot of houses that would meet needs from um, – maybe a function standpoint, I could be lacking things like yard size. I could be lacking things like that. And I'm not going to go out there and tell somebody, Hey, well, look, you could do this. Right. Or you could do, you know, that's just, that's just not the way I think it should be operated. It's a matter no. of,
0: you're in the wrong spot. Absolutely. And and people have to make their own decision, right? Mm-hmm. I've gotten, unfortunately, so many clients have come back to us to sell their home because they just said, Hey, I was kind of rushed into this. I wasn't yeah. shown all the options. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of times money's involved on regards of the, agents or whatever right you have these people that just we're not are not in the right situation for them and we get a lot of that so that's good to know that you are not going to do that yeah i i you know i
1: i tend to to operate outside the norm if you will i I mean you've seen it (laughs) for what over 50 60 however many families we've been able to help um, but at the end of the day, it's it just comes down to um, not that other people are unethical or unmoral. I mean, it's just it, it's just preference, at right? That point. Just, like just, I, just different things. Yeah, I just have I just have a different approach to it, and 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 that's why we work so so good together. Is our vision of helping people in lieu of the monetary gain that may be associated with it is is really at the pinnacle of what we do. We hold that at the highest at the highest level. Really, is to help people in lieu of selling them something, finding a Absolutely. way. And I don't get shot at anymore
0: doing that. Which is a very big step it's up. I It's a order. neat little benefit. It's a neat perk to have. It is a neat perk to have. I think there's a difference too as well. When you, and You've seen it in new home sales. You've seen it in car sales. You've seen it in any insurance. When the people don't have to sell something, right? Like when the salespeople are truly, like you said, coming from a right place, yeah. coming from the heart, coming from an angle, of wanting to help and make the situation better. The experience is better for everybody. Big time. And the buyer, Big truly time. the client, you know, they, they're they the winner in this scenario. 100%. There are a lot of people that we got into homes through weird situations, just different things that they thought they couldn't. Um, I have one actually with a, with a different sales counselor that just reached back out to me and his situation was tough, you know, facing just, you know, some hardship, right? Mm-hmm. Able to get him out of that house. I fixed that situation, got him into a new one. He's reached out to me again now to sell that home and these people have 90000 a hundred thousand dollars. They were facing oh, financial we're ruin, oh, right? Yep. In scenarios, and we found ways to get people into scenarios that now they're winning.
1: It's yeah. And I mean, it, it that goes right back to what I said. It's it's a matter of finding the right motives and you know, you have that, and that's why we work so well together.
0: It does It definitely helps. It it literally clicks. It's easy. It's super easy. That's cool. So I'll send people out there to find you. Milk Creek Crossing is where you're currently at, but we'll post all your contact info so they can find you. Uh, Before we wrap, I wanted to ask, you know, if there was a, just in general for people to know, right, like if there was a thing that you you felt like, hey, this sets me apart like as a sales counselor, aside from, you know, wanting to help you and putting people first, just like something where it's like, hey, call me for this. Do you have like a defining... Um, you know,
1: I, I, I think it just kind of goes back
0: to the sense that
1: I don't operate within the norm. Got it. Um, I don't, I truly, I don't consider myself a salesman. Got it. Um, I think there's a stigma to salesmen. I think we all right. are very well aware of it. I think of myself as more of an educator and then truly an advocator at that point. I mean... Perry Homes, I mean, it's well known. It's a beautiful product. Right, it's gorgeous. It's exceptionally well built. Industry leading warranties. Our incentives are through the roof. Right, I mean, like right now, we got the twenty thousand dollars towards closing costs on over a hundred homes that we've got under construction right now. Like that's it's insane. Right, um, like we build a house, we've got forty thousand dollars to give people towards you know towards features, towards the design center appointments, towards uh, those structural elements they want to put in their home. So. Uh, that helps. So I don't need to sell anybody anything. At that point, my focus is shifting from assuring that I meet the need, um, getting as many of those wants as I potentially can, and then achieving the absolute best deal possible, That's even good. at my own expense in many occasions. Because, I mean, this this is a commission-based position. Right. In um, and, and I just have that flexibility and the, the blessing to have been retired already once and I'm a disabled veteran too. So you you take those things together, it just gives me a little bit more freedom to turn over absolutely every stone before they're putting pen to paper. So I can address every challenge on the front end in lieu of having it on the back end where now I've marred that experience.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So that was the word I was going to use for you is experience. That was my answer for that question for you is like, what would define you separately? I think it's the experience. I think that you embody truly the home buying experience and making people able to make achieve it. Right. Yeah. It's not even a conversion, like a hard closer, like this guy's going to make people say yes. It's not about making them say yes. It's, it's getting people, so many of the things that they're looking for that they say yes on their own right like that they say yes and that they have an incredible experience and it's memorable and I know that a lot of the people that we've closed together are extremely oh, yeah. thrilled and, and we still talk to them yeah absolutely we, we hang out with these people we're about to do it again yeah, I am literally about to do <laughs> yep, it again so again. that's incredible uh, well Milk quick crossing guys Matt's where uh, you can find him uh, or Muck and Fuss right that's, that's yeah. the other that's the other location yeah, to find him yeah say hi if you see me absolutely I
1: may have a Muck and Fuss hat on or shirt oh my or gosh all the above well you
0: have any final thoughts before we wrap man no, I mean I, I appreciate you having me it's been a lot of
1: fun I appreciate what you do um, you know what you do for not only the the home buyers that we get to work with but also for the company yeah and also for even just my family man I mean you know you're your unit of its own or a unit of yourself and Meredith and the whole rebate house team like they are They are, I mean, truly, they're critical to my success and and that of a lot of other people's. And word of mouth gets out and people know about it. And I tell you, it sure goes an awful long way. Thank you, man. What you do, and despite the fact that I I might give away more more money than I'm supposed to we am doing right. it too, so we're in the same boat too. Absolutely.
0: Team. We I do I do know that, but it is good because ultimately people people win and we're super excited. Super about. excited. That's so about. Matt Monteverdi everyone, Perry Holmes, great guest. Uh, again, we'll drop the contact info here below. This has been another amazing episode of the Marty Party. As always, please like, subscribe if you're on YouTube, hit that notification bell. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all platforms. Again, guys, this has been the Marty Party. I'm Chris Marty, the rebate guy. We will catch you next time.